This episode of Street Focus is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code STREETFOCUS at checkout and get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is a new Q&A and Street Challenge episode, and my guest co-host is my good friend and photographer Paul Griffith. Today we will answer questions whether there is a difference between street and urban photography, and whether or not we use um, the in-camera filters and JPEG settings in our cameras, and whether a prime lens is preferable to a zoom lens to shoot streets. Then we will give the names of the winners of the last street challenge and announce a new one before giving our picks of the week. Hey, Paul, how is uh, what's new in London? Uh, it's fantastic, actually, Very. Thank you so much for inviting me to your show. This is, uh, this is an honor. Uh, oh. I had you on my show, so thanks, thanks for returning the invitation. That's right. And remind people what, uh, what, what's your show and uh, where they can find it. Yeah, thanks for that. My, my show is Photography Live and Uncut, which is available on YouTube. It goes out as a Google Plus Hangout, but is available on YouTube. And I'm slowly getting through the process of updating my iTunes channel as well. So Photography Live and Uncut is the name of the show. Awesome. Yes. And I was uh, a guest on it. And so was uh, Frederick and a lot of Frederick. other people. You've had a lot of really great, uh, great uh, guests on there from different genres of photography really yeah I, I try basically what i'm trying to do is just bring photography to people you know mm -hmm. um yeah i'm very fortunate i've been speaking to people from los angeles to tokyo to australia and to london so yeah. really i'm crossing the boundaries of of the of the world it's fantastic so how many episodes do people have to catch up on uh completed fifth uh, episode 56 uh on uh friday um so yeah next episode is Number 57 and with our good friend, Karen Hutton. Oh, nice. I'll, I'll make sure to yeah, tune in. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I'm catching up to you. This is episode 41. So. <laughs> well, you are. You are I'm a bit concerned about that, actually. You only started a short while ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's, not even, it's not even a year old yet. So. Exactly, yeah. You're, you're double the pace. <laughs> So anyhow, well, let's let's get started with our Q&A segment. And okay. I'll, I'll read the first question. Came to us from Edward Urenia. I hope I pronounced the name right. And he asked, is there a difference between street photography and urban photography? Paul, I'll send that one out to you first. Well, thank, thank you so much for choosing this topic to me. I really do appreciate this. I'm going to really put my neck on the chopping block here, I think, uh, Valerie. So yes, if you have any is... hate mail, you send it to yeah, Paul directly. Yeah, send it to me. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I personally think there is a difference. Um, I've done a little bit of checkup on uh, on Google uh, and to get the, the term of what is urban photography. Street photography, I think, is where you involve and in, in, include the human element into your image. So this is portraits, uh, this is people, actions, behavior, uh, reactions, humor, that sort of thing, involving a person or persons on the street. Urban photography is probably how a lot of street photographers start off, in actual fact, by taking photographs of streets, of buildings, of architecture, abstracts, and points of interest. And it's interesting, as uh, we were talking just before the show, 
um, one of my favourite photographers, Eugene Atgay, from way back when, his photographs are effectively urban photography, where obviously he had such a long shutter speed with the old camera he was using, the people didn't show up in the image. So he's got a lot of urban photography of shops and streets and, and how people lived in those days. So that's how I would put it. Yes, I think there is a difference. And I think urban is the, the image making of, dare I say, a street scene, mm -hmm. architecture and the like. Street photography requires the element of human involvement. Yeah. I would also add that urban photography implies cities, whereas street photography can also be rural or at the beach, as long as the human element is present. I mean, I shoot street photography, um, quote unquote, um, at, you know, at the beach or in, um, in a snowy landscape, you know, because there is the human element. So um, I, I don't think street photography needs to be limited to cities. Don't you agree? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with mm -hmm. you entirely. Yeah, it's uh, as you say, taking photographs of your local town or your local area, your local neighborhood with people yeah. involved. Um, it's a great way of documenting what's actually happening in the world today because years down the line, there's so many people doing street photography now, but years down the line, people are going to be able to look back and see what life is like today. Yeah. In, you know, if you see what I mean in the future. And, and I think when we shoot street photography, we, we want to include that urban element yeah. and and the and and that's why we don't we don't shoot with a big zoom lens because we do want some some depth we want to to show the the background because that's that's so important in what we document yeah i think probably preempting a, a following question which is going to occur but uh, no i agree with you 100 percent mm -hmm. and and you know what who really cares what we call that <laughs> you know so it's like well uh When I saw the question, I thought street photography, urban photography, really it's the same thing. But there, if you really want to go to what we term in the UK here, Oxford Dictionary uh, explanation of street against urban, there is a difference. Mm -hmm. But um, there isn't really. You know, we're, we're taking photographs of either people on the street or off the street. Yeah, so true. And, uh, and again, I always say, you know, we don't need to, to stick to a definition you know shoot whatever makes you happy and uh yeah. and you're telling a story you including the human element um in some of it and not in and and other images so what yeah. you know um you don't need to be there is no street photography police <laughs> up there no, well, uh, although i don't know sometimes i wonder but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's another aspect of the discussion. But yeah. no, I agree with you. I think that there are so many things out there you can you can photograph: panning, blurring, exactly. you know, portraiture, all sorts of things that you can get involved with. The beautiful art of street photography. Yeah, it just try something new. Now, talking about yeah. trying something new, you've just been working on a on a new project. Tell tell us a little bit about that. Um, thanks for mentioning that because, yeah, it, it occurred to me when I was out taking some photographs that I thought, I don't know, I'm stopping people. I want to see people move. I want to see some action. And the only way I thought of doing it was literally setting my camera, my, my Fuji X100S or the XE1 that I use from time to time to one fifteenth of a second. So my project now is life at one fifteenth of a second, which is uh, it, 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 it's not easy. You know, you think, oh, I'll just set the 115th and away we go. The camera set up for, for those that are, are interested is 
the uh, is set to shutter priority on the camera. The ISO is set to automatic. So I have a range there of 200 to 6400 on the ISO. And the cam the uh, the actual shutter speed set to 1 15th. And it's very interesting. First, you start off people moving past, and that's the straight blur. But then you want to develop more. And and it's interesting that when you actually look at other street photographies, uh, street photographers, sorry, of the of the old days, how many are blurred? How many are out of focus? But there's still that interest. I'm really enjoying this project. There's a lot more for me to do and to dive into. So, uh, yeah, I've been blogging it and seeing how it goes. It's, it's interesting. It's good fun. Yeah, and I'll put the links in the show because I think that's what it's all about. You know, that's why people are shooting with film cameras on weekends and, and yeah. working on special projects. It's just to keep a, a level of uh, challenge and yep. excitement, too, because... Uh, it's, uh, you know, you don't want to shoot the same thing the same way in the same streets all the time. You try, try new things. Just make things excited, exciting and do it for you, really. If people yeah. like it, I said that people like it, hey, it's great. It's the cherry on the cake. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you're not making money out of your street photography. Mo most of us don't uh, unless you, you, you teach it. And... Um, And really, it's about doing things for you and, and uh, being out there for the pure joy of it. Oh, exactly. Um, and it's interesting, and on the couple of walkabouts that I've done, people are saying, what are you going to be doing today? What are you uh, setting out to do? And I'm, going, I say, I'm setting my camera to 1 15th of the second, and they go, whoa, oh, what's all this about? You know, they <laughs> step back in amazement. And, and they said, you're going to have some fun. And, and the thing is also, on very, very bright days, which is what I found the difficult part of it, You're now having to probably think about your editing process that you're going to have to do in Lightroom or maybe putting ND filters on the front of the camera so that you can actually still use at 1 15th of a second and you're not overexposing, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So these are different aspects which come into it, and it, uh, it's, it's been great fun. I'm really enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a couple of uh, new blogs to post uh, soon. I've uh, been away fortunate to, to, to doing some work. Uh, and it's, it's working out really well. I mean, yeah. I'm enjoying it. And that's the main thing. Enjoy it, your photography. That's so right. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. Well, um, Edward, I hope this answers your question. Um, again, you know, this is really open for interpretation. But this is, uh, you know, how we feel there is a, a difference between street and urban. Um, but again, street can be... Now, urban will always be in an urban environment, but street photography doesn't limit itself to the urban environment. That's how I, right. I would I would definitely put it. And because yeah. photographing people doesn't have to be in the in a city. Awesome, Paul. You want to read okay. the next question? Yeah, and, and it comes from our good friend Ken Lyons. Hey, Ken. Hey, uh, <laughs> Ken. How are we doing? Um, hi, Valerie. Here's one for you. Do you still shoot in RAW or have you begun to use the Fuji's built-in styles, black and white with yellow filter, for example? Okay. Well, um, I don't want to turn this into a, a, a Fuji fest, but uh, <laughs> a lot no. of us are Fuji shooters and, and, and we know how good the uh, Fuji built-in settings are. Um, and I did shoot quite a bit of it. I even did some projects just on shooting JPEG, Um, black and white with yellow filter square format, just just for fun. And uh, until I found out that 
in Lightroom, which I use exclusively, if you go down on the in the developing med module on the lower right hand side in the calibration box and you go into process, you have all those settings available for you. The Fuji Velvia, the, uh, the Fuji black and white and so forth. You have a dozen or so settings that you can go to from the raw file and and lock in and you can also of course tweak them you know add a little bit of whatever um uh, to you know you can make your own custom settings from those fuji settings so after i found that available and then a lot of people don't know that's there and i have a lot of fuji shooters on my workshop and um oh. When I show them that function in Lightroom, they're like, oh, well, this is so much better than I don't have to do RAW and JPEG. I can just shoot RAW. And if I want to just go into any of the settings, whether I want to use the, the punchy Velvia or the, um, the Fuji black and white with yellow filter that I could have used directly from camera, I have that option all built in. So did you know right. about that, Paul? I did know about the developing modules, yeah, that are available. I, I, I take a diff, slightly different view on this, actually. Mm -hmm. I do shoot raw with the black and white uh, filter. The green filter is my preference. Is it? Okay. Because I, I like to see the image on the back of the yeah. camera on the screen in the mono, in the mono form. But you can but still found, do that without being in JPEG. That, very true. Mm -hmm. But the thing, the thing which I find interesting enough, I may be doing something totally different here in editing. I use Lightroom as well. As soon as I go to develop or edit the image, the image immediately changes from the mono to the the color, the raw file. Then I do my adjustments, and then I've got a couple of presets and go into that. So there may be something which I'm using my Lightroom differently mm -hmm. from yourself and other yeah. people. Yeah, everybody uses it differently. Yeah, sure. they do. But <clears throat> that's the only reason I would put the, the black and white filter on, because it shows on the back of the screen as I'm taking... Uh, yeah. Uh, the back of the camera when I'm taking the image. Oh, um, totally. And I encourage people to do yeah. that just to learn to see in, in grayscale. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, to, to use that um, on yeah. their LCD. But um, yeah, I I often just, just out of curiosity from the raw file, I will go into the calibration and the process and then go into one of the black and white settings that I particularly like uh, yeah. on the Fuji and start from there and then, you know, add a little clarity and... Um, a little contrast, but hey, uh -huh. it's it takes seconds really. I would never spend more yeah. than that on any given no. picture. So, um, so if if there are other Fuji shooters out there who did not know that uh, that magic uh, function <laughs> in Lightroom yeah. for their Fuji, because I know that's not available for a lot of other brands. Whenever I I'm on a workshop and we talk about this and there are people shooting Olympus or whatever, they're like, oh, I don't think I have that for my camera. So I'm not sure, but um, yeah. they may want to check. But I I was thrilled when I saw that available for, for my Fujis. So. That's right. No, it, it, it is a unique thing, I think. Yeah. Um, I've seen a couple of uh, other YouTube videos on um, how to use the uh, calibration on your on Lightroom with, with the Fuji cameras. And yeah. uh, no, it's, uh, it's a very good... Uh, instrument to have available yeah it's awesome so uh ken yes uh i know and and i know because i've shot with ken he's been on a few workshops and he knows yeah. that i've i've shot with uh some of those um settings but now i really uh i really don't because it's just a click away when i'm on lightroom so i figure I might as mm. well just do that so it's all about yeah. spending as as little time as possible in post-processing anyways so this is uh, it this is true <laughs>
<laughs> Great. Uh, I'll read the the third question, and okay. it comes to us from. And I'll probably murder the name again. It's not the first time this person sends a question. I so appreciate it, and I need to find out how to say the name correctly. I would say Pie Gupte, but I may I be think you're right. completely wrong. But hope not. Uh, is using a wide angle prime better than a zoom for street photography? What do you suggest, Paul? I would definitely say use a wide-angle prime. Mm -hmm. um, I think that sometimes if you use a zoom lens, and I, I do say this very, very carefully, I think you could end up being a very lazy street photographer. Um, I see this many times on the walkabouts. People Again, turning send up the with, hate mail to Paul. Thank you Thank very you. much. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it on the, on the chin. No worries. Yeah. Now, I see a lot of people turning up to street, photog uh, street walkabouts uh, with... DSLR cameras and 18 to 300 zoom lenses yeah. and they're standing on the other side of the street taking a photograph of something else on the opposite side and I don't think they're getting the real feeling of being involved on the street. Personally on my Fuji X100S I've got a 23mm lens on the XE1 I generally use my 35mm lens. Um, I did originally use the 1855 but that uh, I, I prefer to use the 35 mil. I think it's far better to use your feet for the zoom and mm -hmm. get in, get in closer to the action and yeah. use the wide angle primes. That's that's my favorite as well. I mean, definitely don't hide behind a long lens. Not not only yeah. you don't get the feel of what street photography really should be. And again, that's so subjective. So, but you know, you're not a paparazzo. Why hide behind no. a long lens? Um, that's that looks much sneakier than being three feet away from your subject. So, and even yeah. if you bring a camera to your eye, you're better off doing it right in front of your subject than hiding. Because if they spot you with that long lens, you look a lot more threatening and a lot more suspicious. Um, yes, you do. That said, you can use a short zoom lens, you know, like a kit lens, and if that's all you have. You know, it's fine. You don't even need to use the zoom function, you know. get Just practice with a a focal length. Um, yep. Same as Paul. I, I like the 23, which is a 35 equivalent, because knowing that focal length so well, I know I save time because I know exactly where I need to jump in to grab the exact framing I want. I want uh, when I see something happening really quickly. So it saves me time rather than zooming in and out. So you just you just use you get so used to that to where you need to be and position yourself within that focal length. So it's something that I think every street photographer should should practice with, even yeah. if they're using their kit lens. Just put it on 23, 35, whatever. Try different things, but kind of try to keep it there for the day. You know, just yeah. uh, don't touch it and and uh, and experiment with that. So don't let the Don't feel like you have to run and buy a, a fast prime. Uh, use whatever you have, but do experiments with sticking to one focal length for a day, a week, a month, or whatever, and see what what fits your style best. Because um, I I did not shoot with 23 millimeters when I started street photography. I was hiding behind a much longer lens than that. I, and we all have to start somewhere. So don't let that stop you from from experimenting with street photography 
whatever you're comfortable with to start. But know that, you know, hiding behind a super long zoom lens doesn't make much sense. And, uh, and you're not going to be happy with the results anyways. So, um, so, so try, try to get used to getting a little closer and closer and closer. Uh, baby yeah. steps, you know, it, it, we all start at, at a different point. Um, some people are very shy and very intimidated. So whatever it takes to get you started, but then try to, even if all you have are zoom lenses, you can certainly use a zoom lens as a prime lens, you know, just don't touch it. And, uh, and it does the yeah, trick. I, I agree with you. I, I, the 1855 was the first uh, zoom, well, the kit lens, which I bought with my XE1. Um, it's a great, it's a great kit lens. Let's let's not uh, pull any punches on that. And, you, and you're right. It's uh, if you haven't got the money to get involved in buying fast primes, the, the eighteen fifty five is an ideal lens to use on the street. And as you say, use it on a on a day at one setting 18 23 35 you've got so many different focal lengths to choose from in that range yeah and and that way you do learn you do learn the, the great value of getting in closer on street uh, with your street photography yeah exactly um, yeah S somebody just asked me I, I just posted a picture of those three girls wearing outfits with lines that were that was yep. taken at the at the um, uh, the columns oh, i can't even think of the name now in paris um the colonne de buren which is all about lines and yep. uh, i they were coming towards me i was in the shade they were just stepping you know out of the bright sun into the shade i had a fraction of a second to jump in front of them to grab yep. that shot and I knew exactly where I had to stand to get the shot with their shadows and uh, before they and they didn't really see me because um, I was very close, but I was in the shade. They were still in bright sun. So I can imagine that I probably wasn't too obvious, but I knew exactly what I could get and where I had to to be to get that shot in such a short time so that's the advantage of shooting a prime lens is that you it takes some of the the thinking away because you just yeah. uh you you'll just you'll you'll be quicker with your feet probably than you will with the zoom action exactly right yeah mm -hmm. very true you yeah. know you see something you make the reaction and you move to it rather yeah. than standing still and using the camera yeah true so i hope this answered the the last question you know the best the best lens the best camera is the one with you and the same with the lens <laughs> so just yeah, don't exactly. let it right. stop you uh but whatever you have use it and experiment with it you know make a zoom lens turn a zoom lens into a prime lens for for a day and see yeah, what, what happens exactly. yeah. awesome i would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode of street focus and that's our friends over at Squarespace.com. I'm quite excited that Squarespace is sponsoring my show because I've been a Squarespace customer for quite a few years. And I've had several websites prior to Squarespace. I probably had three or four in my photography career before I discovered Squarespace. And it seems like there was always a problem. Well, you know me, I'm not techie. And uh, the minute that I need to do a little bit of coding, I kind of freak out. And uh, when I discovered Squarespace and realized how easy it was, I mean, basically drag and drop, I was just thrilled. I thought this has been designed for people just like me. And I never looked back. I can't even imagine switching now. Um, the team has always been very responsive. Whenever I had a question, um, they'd be responsive 24-7. And it was great. I remember when I tried it, 
I didn't even have to put a credit card number, which is great because you know how that goes. You put your credit card number to try something and then you forget about it. You ignore the reminder and then you get charged. With Squarespace, you can just start your trial without entering any credit card information. If you like it, you keep it and then you start paying. If you don't like it, you don't have to go through with it. It's that simple. And believe me, you're going to love the experience. It's so intuitive and easy to use. And they use state-of-the-art technology to power your site, to ensure security and stability, which is so important. And, uh, and it looks good on any device, whether you look at your website on a phone or a tablet or a desktop. And it's trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. Getting a beautiful website on Squarespace starts as low as $8 a month. And you get a free domain if you signed up for a year. So start your free trial site today. As I said, no credit card required. Just go to squarespace.com. And if you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use offer code STREETFOCUS to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. And uh, now it's time to announce the winners from our last street challenge, which was all about reflections. Um, I, I had three favorites. And none of them was, uh, well, you know, it's funny. This time we just, and I know why Paul went with this winner <laughs> because because <laughs> I, I know the type of photography you like. So uh, mine were all black and whites and I really debated a long time. So, uh, but Paul went with a color. So Paul, who who yeah. did you choose? Well, I was when I was looking at these images, I thought how the blazes, and that's a good word to use. Am I going to choose a photograph out of here, which is the best one? Um there were some great images, and I think I know there's a couple that which you're going to choose because they're mono-based. But the one I chose was by Jonathan Higby, uh, who I think in actual fact has posted three images, but it was the first one which appears on the on the uh, on the postings, and it's the couple of guys walking with the shadow of the towers in the puddle, and it looks as though the guy is stopping the other fella from walking off the edge of the of the tower. Now. I've got to be honest with you, I don't think this is luck in any stretch of the imagination. This is thought out. If the image works for me, I'm going to get this guy just at the right point as he's stepping off the tower. But I think where he's had the, the fortunate uh, extra bit is where he's being held back by his friend. And I thought that was very well seen. So well done, Jonathan, yeah. for, for posting that. And I, and I reminded Jonathan that it's one entry only. <laughs> well, I did I did see that, and I've been guilty of posting more than one. And no, but it's okay. It's, it's always good well. to re, to remind to remind yeah. people of the rules. So one entry per person. But we had a, a lot of really good ones, um, and not as many as the previous challenge. So maybe it was just a different another level of difficulty, uh, which is great. And uh, and I think a lot of people went out there just to shoot a reflection. Maybe that's not something they had done before. So that's that's awesome. Keep keep trying. Uh, my winning shot is a photo by James Hyatt. And it was shot in London. And it's um, a view of um, a city block, really, um, of a quite an impressive building. And it's full reflection in a puddle. And a woman walking through wearing a uh, wearing black and it's a black and white so wearing dark dark clothing and again her reflection is 
perfect in that puddle. So we have this split image of, of the, the, the cityscape and the, the, the human element. Um, not too excited with the way he proce processed, processed it with uh, really brightening the background so that the human element would stand out more. I don't think I would have gone that far. Uh, but that set aside, I really like, um, I really like it. It's very, um, it, it's just, It's one of those pictures that I go, wow, you know, I wish I had been there. I wish I had shot this. Uh, I would have probably processed it a little bit different, but uh, well done, well seen. Uh, I just, uh, you know, when you see a puddle that large, and I guess that was in London, so maybe it's more common there than yeah. it is here. But when you have the luck to, <laughs> to see a puddle <laughs> that large, hey, it's well worth waiting. And it sounds like that's what uh, James did. He said uh, he, he waited for a while until the, the right subject walked through. Because again, not everyone walking through will make an, an interesting subject. And this specific uh, a person that walked through uh, was wearing, you know, all black outfit um, was right in step. It was an interesting subject. No, no, yeah. no major distraction, no backpack or anything. So, uh, so good, good job. Good job to both. And they will uh, each receive an ebook from our friends at Rocky Nook. And yeah. our next challenge. Hmm. I we've we've done a lot. So eventually we're going to rotate and we'll go back to humor in the street, street portraits and so forth. But uh, I thought about something new for this next challenge. And it's about breaking the rules in street photography. So, you know how we usually uh, we, we put our subject in one of the thirds or we um, we leave enough room for our subject to to walk towards or, or, or whatever so think about doing the opposite and you know have your subject walk towards the edge of the frame and create some tension or position your subject in the center but know why you do it you know you want to tell something by breaking the rules so you should never break a rule just be for the heck of it you should really know why some some subject deserve center stage so maybe that's why you want to center that subject for for um a specific uh composition or you know we normally and we normally read from from left to right so it's more natural in the flow of things that subjects go from left to right and then they have enough room you know towards the right to walk towards while well, try to do the opposite and have your subject go right to left and then have them right at the edge of your frame on, on the left so have fun with that experiments again it's it's all about finding the right subject and and capturing the right moment but try to break those rules that uh that we, we learned, and now the fun part is actually to break them. What are your thoughts on that, Paul? Uh, this is going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember when you said it for us uh, when we were in the Arcana uh, with, uh, with the rulemaking, um, and it is, it, it is amazing that when you start photography, you, 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 you're taught the rules of thirds, you're the, all these, these rules, and then to deliberately go and break them but make it look as though I think the elements you put in here to say that to break the rules, but it's not a case by accident. Yeah. It's, it's a deliberate effort. That's the difficult part, which I think the guys are going to find. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be interesting to see what you, uh, what, uh, what uh, comes out uh, in this, uh, 
in this challenge. Yep. It'll be it'll be fun. I'm I'm excited to be. see. So, um, you know, if you have a, a recent image that uh, you have that you want to post, please go ahead and do that. Uh, if that's something you want to practice on, you have until July 23rd. So that's uh, about three weeks from the time this goes live. So July 23rd is when the challenge will end. So please go to episode 41. I believe this is the going to be the one uh, of the Q&A and post them in the comments section. Uh, try to resize your images, you know, for the web so you don't have any trouble uploading them. And again, please, um, one one photograph per entry. Great. So yeah. break break the rules and enter by July 23rd. Okay. Pick of the week, Paul. Pick of the week. Yes. Oh, you threw me on this when you asked me for a pick of the week because I thought you were talking about the photograph. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's another book. It's another book. Um, it's called The Photographer's Playbook. Now, don't get any concerns as regards to the title. <laughs> the book is uh, of 307 assignments and ideas. Now, I picked this book up a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, and it's not a book that you read from cover to cover. But you've got in here a number of professional photographers and tutors that are giving you ideas as regards to what projects you can, can set up for yourself. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to open up uh, a page. Uh, Adventures in the skin trade uh, is one. Local news is another. And insecurity is another. All these different ideas where you can basically say, right, I'm going to set myself a project of maybe producing, I don't know, 50 to 100 images of a given project. And I found it very, very interesting to just sort of go through with ideas um, that I'm looking to do. Because like you said earlier on, Valerie, um, I think it's important that you don't just stay in the same mode of photography that you enjoy doing. I think you do have to push yourself a little bit and uh, and try different avenues and different ideas. And uh, that brings the enjoyment of photography for me anyway brings the enjoyment of photography out in in your work so yeah. the it's a book called the photographer's playbook 307 assignments and ideas is available on amazon um well, the uk price is about 16 pounds okay but i think you can get it cheaper than that yeah awesome i think i'm gonna order it right away because uh, that can give me some ideas of challenges actually for street focus exactly. as well Awesome. Exactly right. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Great. Well, thank you. Um, now I'm going to spend more money. <laughs> <And laughs> I tried to keep it on a low price. Yes, that's great. Talk any gear, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And mine is actually free, and it's a little self-serving, but uh, it's my new playlist on YouTube uh, called "Hit the Streets with Valérie Jardin," and they're very short video clips. There are like three to four minutes each, where I give you each time a different tip related to street photography. And uh, those are possible thanks to my good friend, Sean Bresney, who uh, helped me with the video part of it. Uh, otherwise, you would just have a, a audio recording, believe me. Uh, <laughs> so he helped me with that and putting uh, pictures to illustrate the points that I'm making. So he's, uh, he's done a great job uh, doing that with me. And uh, I have five that have been released. I'm going to release another one um, this week. So check them out. You can find them, uh, well, if you Google my name, I'm sure they'll pop up somewhere. Uh, but it, the, the channel is linked to my um, website and um, and on Google Plus and so forth. So they hit the streets with Valérie Jardin. Uh, free yeah. mini, short, uh, mini video clips. 
And if I could just add, and I don't, I don't say this because I'm on your show. Okay. I've watched these. I've watched these uh, videos, and they're they're great. They are absolutely great. And if you, the listeners, are want to get and know how uh, Valerie operates in a workshop, this is a very very good insight into into her her thoughts about a particular subject matter. Very good, short, nice videos. Thank you. Well, they're completely natural. They're non-scripted. We actually shot seven in a row uh, on one day. That's why I'm always wearing the same thing. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I do actually change clothes once in a while, but you yeah. know, it's like, okay, you know what? I'm, I, I just had a, a list of themes in my head. And I said, I'm just gonna talk like I would talk to uh, to students or an audience or whatever. Yeah. So they're just mini mini clips, and uh, again, you may not agree with them, you may not like them, but hey, they're free. So, <laughs> well, no, it's, it's a great way to learn. Great yeah. Way to learn. Thank you. A couple of announcements. Um, Again, my 2015 workshops are a full and and waiting list are are getting longer and longer. So I'm not really expecting much to change there. But I I keep opening new dates for 2016. So not only you have a weekend in Paris in January, a week in May, a week in Rome in April. I will also be opening San Francisco for a weekend. Uh, Minneapolis again, which I just did last weekend here, was very successful. I had people coming from seven different states, small group of 10. Um, and um, I will open a new New York workshop, which has been this October has been filled for, I, mean, I was almost full a year in advance. So um, keep checking, go on my website, sign up for the, the mailing list. I don't send you a whole lot of uh, newsletters, but only when something new comes up. So I I don't like to bother people too, too often with that. But uh, if you want a chance to get onto one of my workshops, they're a very small group, eight to 10 people. And they fill up quickly. So um, I hope to meet some of the street-focused listeners uh, in 2016. Paul, any well, new announcement? Well, I, I have got one, and I'm, I'm, I'm really delighted to be involved with it. And uh, I hope you are as well, because four of your apprentices from the Arcanum have got together, me included, obviously. Um, we're going to create a collective uh, or oh, we've have created a collective, um, and it's going to be uh, broadcast. Well, it's the, the first showing of our website is going to be out on the second of July, which is when this now, will air. Actually, this, yeah, exactly right. It, it, that's the the date, as it turned out, which we realised we we uh, were uh, announcing on the same day. Now, the name of the collective is the White Hat Collective. Now, the reason for it's called the White Hat Collective is the fact that the instigator of the collective group is Mark Grierson, uh, who's, uh, some of you will be aware of his uh, 100 Street uh, project, uh, Portraits of Strangers. Yes, and he, he was, was on in the Calgary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was, and, and he is from Calgary. When you visit Calgary, as a friendship donation, you are given a white hat. So it is a, a, a sort of an offer of a friendship to join the White Hat Collective. Now, initially, there's going to be four of us. We're looking to establish chapters in each of the areas. We've got Michael Jolly from Australia, myself in London, uh, Greg Hewton in Dublin, and Mark Mark Rearson in Calgary, Canada. So the idea is to basically build from that, us being the main four uh, uh, presenters of of, uh, the White Hat Collective, we will... The basis of the collective is to... Promote our work by printing our work. 
So there's a few things that are going to follow. We're hoping to be able to put some exhibitions together. We're hoping to put some magazines together. So all these sort of things are going to develop down the line. But the main thing, 2nd of July, the, uh, the collective will start with the website and blogs and flipboards will follow on from there. So we're really excited. And uh, I hope you are as well, Valerie, because yes. four of your students... Yes, and it's from the Arcanum days. Yeah, it's exciting. I left the Arcanum several months ago, and uh, I miss all, I miss you guys. I mean, I, I try to keep in touch as much as possible and follow up with what you've we've done. But I'm just so impressed as to you know, in just a few months we were together, and now since I've left, I am just blown away by the projects and the and also the friendships that have developed uh, from this small group of photographers who all came in to my cohort, uh, sharing the same passion and it's just great to see that uh, you guys are starting this project together i'm really really excited so i will yeah, definitely put the the links on the show note and uh perfect because uh the two are gonna launch this episode and your project will launch at the same time so yeah great so where can people go to to find out more about your work paul okay well basically i have my own website paulgriffithsphotos.com and you can link to everything off there. But uh, obviously, if you're interested to know more about my, my show, Photography Live and Uncut, the, uh, the, the web address for that is photographylifeanduncut.com. Um, and uh, you can go, go to that and uh, pick up the details for the shows. And the YouTube, just, just uh, do on the search on that, uh, Photography Live and Uncut. Awesome. Well, thank you, Paul, for being my guest co-host today. That was lovely. I really enjoyed it, Valerie. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com street to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to upload your image, breaking the rules this time, for the new street challenge. And the entries will close on July 23rd. And please keep sending me guest suggestions, too. I'm always looking for talented and passionate street photographers who are working on some cool projects. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab your camera and hit the streets.